In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the True Life Podcast. We are here with Mike. He is hey. he is one of us. He's got his own channel on YouTube. He's uh, got quite a bit of experience in analyzing uh, his background in the military. I think he's got a very unique opinion on the geopolitical situation. I think he's very well read. He's a good person. So, uh, Mike, you want to introduce yourself a little bit and then uh, let's hear what you, hear what you want to jump into. Yeah, uh, obviously my name is Mike. Um, had a I have a YouTube channel. Um, kind of taking a break from it. Uh, I would say it's been a couple of months since I've posted anything. Um, started school back up um, in January, um, so I'm going back to school for some computer science, cybersecurity type stuff. Um, hopefully, that'll open up some avenues to maybe get like a remote position, which is really what I want. Um, and um, honestly, what I'm trying to, I took a break from YouTube. Um, I am kind of trying to reinvent myself as what, what I want to do because, you know, I, I was doing videos and I felt like it was a lot of fear porn and that's not really what I was trying to, to put out. I don't want to just put stuff out there that, you know, it's just all like doom and gloom um, because you can get that in a lot of places and they can do it a lot better than I can do it. Um, and then same thing with like current events and, you know, um, there's a lot of places that have a much higher marketing and they got all these, you know, funds and stuff that they can do a much better job that you can get that anywhere. You can go and get your news anywhere. So uh, really what I'm trying to do is I really want to bring the news and current events, but give my spin on it while also giving you things that you can do to actually like come up with solutions, not just problems. Like, and that's a lot of this stuff you'll see on YouTube is, You've got all these problems, but they don't tell you how to fix them. They don't tell you what what you can do to to, to combat it. And that's kind of what I wanted to do. So I've been trying to, to think about some things that I want to talk about, but also come with some more positivity because um, we don't have enough of that in this world. We have a lot of negativity and it just seems to get worse and worse. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I do plan on doing some more videos here, here soon. But again, like I said, I'm just kind of 
figuring out how I want to do it and coming up at a, at a different angle. So, yeah, I agree. One thing that I really liked about your channel is you're so down to earth. And when you watch, when I watch different channels, you know, I, I see so many people, a lot of people have a big budget. Some people don't. However, I always look for something genuine. I look for someone that maybe has things in common with me or they speak in a language that is accessible or they, you can get, I think you can get a good, real good feel for people just by watching them and listening to them. And, and I like that about your channel. And I, I also Thanks. thought that you were, you were doing solutions. You had different ways to prepare like a bug out bag and yeah. you had some really good advice about being out in the wilderness and how to survive and, yeah. you know, and I, I, I admire too, when you had your channel that you still do, but you would often talk about things that somehow I never caught on to, you know, you seem like you have your ear to the ground on certain situations. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of um, uh, hopefully that's kind of what we're, I don't know what all you plan on on kind of getting into, but I know that this whole uh, the, you know this the stuff with Russia and Ukraine is um, is a lot bigger than I think people um, are letting on to, um, and you know hopefully we can get into that and we can kind of see some of the the, in, the immediate implications of this and then what I think the the long term implications are going to be. So I think it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, what? Ju let's jump in here. Like, what? Uh, why don't you give us a little bit of a background and maybe some foreground? So, I mean, obviously, you have a lot of uh, you have a lot of propaganda on both sides. Um, I, I've actually started to do a lot of like um, a lot of my research and stuff and, and stuff information that I get is I started going kind of from YouTube to Telegram. Um, there's a lot of really good channels on Telegram, um, and I've been kind of trying to compare, you know, Western media and western sources with you know russian sources and kind of comparing and contrasting to see what what lines up and what doesn't um and it's interesting to see kind of what how the the west is painting all this like almost like they're painting it like ukraine is just doing this incredible job of, of fighting off the russians and all this other stuff and it's like that's really not doesn't seem to be what i'm getting from from a lot of the stuff that i'm looking at so um, I think the immediate implications are obviously you have a lot of death and destruction and you have a lot of uh, humanitarian crisis going on right now. I think I read somewhere where there's about 4 million plus uh, Ukrainians that have already left and fled the country. Um, so obviously now you've got all these other countries that are going to tr try to take these people in. And um, I think we're, I don't know what the exact amount is that the U.S. said they were going to bring in, but I want to say it's quite a bit. It was like, I think 500,000 or something like that, where they're going to bring, you know, on top of our border that's already being flooded right now. So it's like, where, where, you know, who's going to take care of these people? Where, where are they going to go? And um, I've seen stuff where um, they're, they're talking about um, pulling doctors and stuff from the Veterans Affairs, which is already understaffed. And it's just like wild, like just to see what, you know, how all this is just getting worse and worse and worse. But I think, you know, Beyond that, um, we get about 30%. I have some notes here. We have about 30% of our of the world's wheat, 20% um, of the world's corn, and 75% of um, of oil, like sunflower oil and stuff. Is all it all comes from Russia and Ukraine. So obviously, the the first thing is that's going to raise the price of food. It's going to raise the price of commodities. Um, and we're already seeing that, you know, we're already seeing inflation, um, you know, at record numbers and it's going to get worse, uh, 
you've got like Joe Biden and stuff talking about how, you know, the, our worst days are ahead of us, not behind us. Um, so it's pretty, it gets, it's pretty uh, mind blowing when you start to see these people that telling you openly that things are going to get worse. And that's like before they would always, you know, kind of tell you, oh, it'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll, we'll work through it, you know. And now it's like they're just openly telling you like, yeah, it's going to get worse. Like it's going to get a lot worse. Um, so I think that that, you know, with those products, you've got flour, bread, pasta, cereal, pizza, popcorn, <laughs> corn syrup, uh, all kinds of cooking oils, cornmeal, grits, like all these different things that people buy. They're going to just skyrocket in price because a lot of this, you know, comes from those those two countries. Um, and then, of course, then on, from the food side of it, you have um, 41 percent of, of, of gas from uh, from Europe comes from Russia, uh, 46.7% of solid fuel like coal comes from Russia. And then you have 27% of crude oil just comes from Russia. So Europe is completely dependent on Russia. They have to get these things from Russia. And now you have Putin saying that, you know, as of April 1st, you have to pay in rubles. Um, rubles are gold or you're not going to get any gas. And I believe they just shut off the, the, um, the gas um, because I think that Europe's trying to play hardball and they're trying not to, to pay for that stuff, but they, they're going to, they're not going to be able to do that. They have to, they don't have enough in reserves to be able to, to, to fight that. So I think you're going to see a lot of um, issues with people abandoning the dollar. You already have all of our enemies abandoning the dollar, the petrodollar. And now you're going to start to see a lot of, of our allies having to do the same because they're not going to go down with the ship. You know, if the Titanic's going down, they're not going to go down with it. So um, I think that's that's what we're going to see at first, you know. Um, so. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 it's such a fascinating, albeit scary time. I, and it's, it's odd to me how you can look back at things that have recently happened as far as events and use them as metaphors. I remember not too long ago, there was an Italian uh, boat captain who was running like a, uh, he had one of these, these like carnival cruise boats and he got too close to the shore and then he just like jumped off, you know, and if it used to be the captain would go down with the ship, the band would play yeah. till the end. <laughs> However, that's, that was just, it's such a metaphor for what's happening now. Yeah. And sure. when, when we when we start to peel back the onion and look at the reality of what is happening there, you had mentioned food prices. I read an article about the I think it was the Philippines that was utilizing a term called force majeure, which means they have they have uh, striked these contracts to send out food. However, they're now pulling that back because they no longer have enough food to feed their people. Yep. I, I I often wonder. What is the game plan? Clearly, Europe must know they cannot function without the oil. They must know they cannot function without the resources. They must know that the will to fight a major ground war is not there for anyone. So what is it? There must be more to the story than, than just this fight for you know, food or commodities. What Can you see any maybe underlying aspects that could be there causing this? So I really think that this is all part of, of the plan of, of, you know, like we talked about, I think on the last, one of the last podcasts we did, I think we talked about the great reset and um, the build back better. And I think the build back better and great reset, they're one and the same. They're, they're leaders that were groomed by, 
you know, the World, Econo World Economic Forum, um, that, you know, the Trudeaus, the Boris Johnsons, um, you know, the Bidens, all like they're, they're all part of the same pie and they all kind of got their, their stomping orders or whatever you want to call it from, from, you know, the, from the World Economic Forum. I think that he's, you know, you, you got Klaus Schwab that's openly admitted that he's in, infiltrated other governments and that you know, they could basically control these people. Um, I don't understand how like he can make these comments and people just like turn, turn the other, you know, like, oh, like he just admitted that like he's infiltrated governments and he's like openly like, you know, in, in, telling people what to do and, you know, it, laying out policy basically for other countries. And um, but I mean, whatever, I guess that's, you know, this is the world we live in now. But I just think that this is all part of the reset and um, they know that the dollar's done. Um, we also have we have, you know, basically Russia and China that are saying that they're going to, you know, they're going to lead this new world order. And then we have, you know, the United States saying that we're going to lead the new world order. And I think you're going to have this, you know, it's eventually going to come to war. I, I think that eventually everyone's going to get pulled in because there's not going to be much of a choice when when countries go broke. There's no other option but to go to war. So I think that's where we're going. Um, I think that the U.S. eventually will get pulled in. Um, especially if you see like all of our allies starting to abandon the dollar and you, you can see that we, we get back into a corner. I don't think we're going to have much of a choice, but to, you know, to go to, to go toe to toe with Russia and China. Um, in my personal opinion, we don't stand a chance against the two of them. Um, I've had <laughs> this conversation with my family and with friends and I see this whole like, hurrah, like this, uh, we're America, we can't lose. Like, we're just so great. And, you know, part of me, you know, being ex-military and everything, I want to believe that, but I'm also a realist and I don't, I don't think that that's the case. Um, I think this is, this has bigger implications where I think this is more, it's more biblical than people think. Um, I think that a lot of this stuff was talked about and, you know, and not just the Bible, but you can see similarities between the Quran and, um, you know, you know, uh, the Jewish religion and even some of the, the like some of the Indians and stuff like even so this, it all like kind of relates together and it just seems like we're going towards um, you know some biblical times so it's interesting because the uh, the Ukraine <laughs> they um, they started that whole great reset like they adopted this great reset back in 2020 I don't know if you know about that but they have this DIIA app um, where it has, they launched, um, it has basically their ID card, their passport, their license, their vaccination card, registration, insurance, health reimbursement, social benefits, all of this stuff on an app. And it's the only other place that's really done that is China. They have their whole social credit score. And it seems like they've adopted that in 2020, which of course is, you know, right at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and I thought that was very interesting that they have, they were the first country to really roll this thing out. And they're the country that's being invaded right now. So I just thought that was interesting, but yeah, that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. It, it's fascinating to think about that. You know, if, if you look at some of the documentation or you read some of the older books that are laid out, be it the devil's chessboard or uh, the great game, or uh, I actually, I have some here, uh, 
This is a great book by Dr. Carol Quigley. He wrote a book called Tragedy and Hope. And this book is called The Evolution. Where is it? Camera. The Evolution of Civilizations. Uh, Carol Quigley was actually, I think, I'll probably butcher this, but I think that was Bill Clinton's mentor, mm -hmm. which takes us down this idea of Rhodes Scholars. Yeah. And I, I want to just read a quick little section because I think it's, it backs up everything that you've said. You know, and it, it talks about cycles and it talks about plans. And so let me just go ahead and start right here. It's up. This is page 150 from the evolution of civilizations. It says that as soon as the rate of expansion in a civilization begins to decline noticeably, it enters stage four, the age of conflict. This is probably the most complex, most interesting and most critical of all seven stages. It is marked by four chief characteristics. A. It is a period of declining rate of expansion. I think we can check that one off. Mm -hmm. B, it is a period of growing tension of evolution and increasing class conflicts, especially in the core area. I mm -hmm. think we can check that one off. Yep. C, it is a period of increasingly frequent and increasingly violent imperialist wars. I think we got Ukraine there. Afghanistan would fit in there. Mm -hmm. D, it is a period of growing irrationality pessimism, superstitions, and other worldliness. The declining rate of expansion is caused by the institutionalization of the instrument of expansion. And I just wanted to stop there for a second because I think that this particular term, this institutionalization of the instrument of expansion, if we were to say that capitalism or whatever is – for this particular argument, we'll say capitalism for the last 200 years has been the instrument of expansion. You know, we they take money, they invest it, they expand. Mm -hmm. And the argument he makes in this book is that anytime the instrument becomes an institution, that's the beginning of the corruption, and that expansion no longer works as an instrument. And so when you were saying that, you know, what we're seeing is the the breakdown of the dollar, you know, that that would be another tool in the, as a instrument of expansion. I guess my question, one of the questions I wanted to ask you upon all this, based off what we just spoke about and being in the military, it, I, I have a hard time believing that there's not people at the very top who are fighting, who believe wholeheartedly that they love this country, that they want this thing to be better, and that they are willing to take the, follow the oath that they gave, you know, and I, I my, my uh, grandfather was a Marine, my dad was a Marine, and you know, I, I know how much they love this country and how yeah. what they did for this country. And I I know plenty of people in the military. And I, so I, I just have a difficult time believing there's not people at the very top that maybe are are doing some things. I know we can't leave it up to a few people to do things, but what is your take on the the top brass in the military? Do you think that maybe they're they have seen the light and they're trying to save what they can, or that is there some sort of um some parallel structure maybe happening? I, I think that, like you said there, I think there might be some good ones. I, the ones that I, I know the most of, um, I forget the, the two of their, they're, they're ones that basically badmouth Trump, um, Millie, and then I can't think of the other one. Um, I think it's Lloyd Austin. Um, I, I don't think they have good intentions. I, I think that they've been caught in a lot of lies. Um, and I think they're, they're doing what they can be. I mean, I'm looking at it also from their perspective, like their generals, they've been in the military, they have pensions that they want. They don't want to, you know, have an issue at the very end of their career and, and not get what, what they've 
they rightfully owe. And I'm not saying that they're bad people. You know, I'm sure you, you get caught in these uh, entanglements where you have, you know, all these decisions you have to make. And it's maybe they make the wrong decision sometimes. But I think that they have they want the best for this country. But I also think that maybe they uh, they cut some corners or they they kind of turn the other way in some things because maybe they think that it's not going to you know destroy our country. Maybe it's just going to, you know cause an issue here and there, but it's not going to be like the, the, the death blow to the United States. So I don't know. I think that overall, I think the higher brass probably is overall is pretty good, but um, I think at the same time, they, they take their orders from the politicians and, you know, they, at the end of the day, like they still have to do what they're told. Um, and so they only have so much power. Um, they can kind of shape what they want in the military, but at the end of the day, the military answers to, you know, the Republicans and the, and the Democrats and the president. So I think that um, if it comes down to it, I, I think that if things got really bad, that they would make the right choice. But I don't know. Sometimes I, I don't know if they have all of the the tools in their in their shed to be able to to be able to shape that. If, if that makes sense. But yeah, it totally makes sense. I, you know, on my sometimes I. I, I, I do a lot of thinking and a lot of reading and it's if, if you if you take some time away in quiet contemplation, I think you can make a pretty good argument that the country that we live in is not the country that most people think it is. You know, it, it saddens me to think that. But, you know, the last be it Republican or Democrat, the last probably four or five presidents have utilized policies that kind of hollowed out the very foundation on which this country was built. And, you know, you begin to see American assets being bought up by foreign governments. You begin to see uh, American resources mined and then sold to foreign countries to build, you know, be it weapons or, you know, be it other things in different countries. This idea of globalization that people thought was going to be the one thing that kept us from ever going to war seems to be the very thing that is going to bring us to war. Yeah. And I, if I could, if I could tell people just to think outside the box for a minute, I would ask them to see the world, not so much in an American model or a Chinese model or a Russian model, but in a new type of technocratic model. You know, I've heard some really good arguments that say it's, it's not, the Chinese model that's going to take over because that model was brought to China by the technocratic elite, by yep. the Western, by Kissinger and, and, and these people going over there and they were the first to implement it. And you know, if you look at the world economic forum and you look at all their young leaders that you spoke of, you know, Putin's mm -hmm. on there. Um, yep. So many people are on there. And, and what, what I have been hearing is that it's not so much a fight amongst who's going to create the technocracy. The technocracy is coming. It's just a matter of who's going to drive it, you yeah. know? And, and what – I wanted to kind of shift gears a little bit. What do you think is the purpose of all these uh, weapons labs over there? How does that fit into the model that you see? So you, you got to wonder, right, because we, we blamed, you know, China that we said that it released from Wuhan. And, you know, I've also seen stuff where I worked in um, – in uh, really close to Fort Detrick um, in Maryland. 
and that's a huge lab right there. Um, and they've, I forget, it was uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, I believe that there was also another rumor that it came from there. Um, it really could have came from anywhere. So and they're speculating, it doesn't really matter. But, you know, it's interesting because everybody was like, I'm with Ukraine and not, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, I don't blame Putin for doing what he did, because if you have all these labs, you know, right on your border, like we had an, a big issue with like the whole, you know, Cuba, the Cuban Missile Crisis. And, you know, we put an end to that real quick. And it's like we're doing the same thing to them and then expecting them not to act. Um, if if they thought that there was these bio labs right on their border um, and we just came out of uh, COVID-19, I think that the the rational thing would be to take out those labs. Like you're you're not going to wait for them to like release something, and then you. It, we see how fast it, if if COVID was real, it, and it was. I mean, well, I'm not saying COVID wasn't real, but if it spread like the way that COVID did, you know, it could take out if it was serious, like an Ebola or something. It could take out a country real fast, like, and you wouldn't have any, any, any you wouldn't be able to react. You'd be so busy trying to maintain or trying to, you know contain this this virus or whatever that you wouldn't have the manpower or the the ability to be able to fight a war too on top of that so i think that you know they went in there they 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 talked about the denazification of of ukraine and you know that's also being looks like it's being proven true too because this as azov battalion they've they wear nazi symbols on their on their uniform like they're they're absolutely you know and there's there's reports that they're using um civilians in Maripol uh as shields like they were using them to to not you know to basically as, as hostages they weren't letting them leave um that's reports on the ground from ukrainians that were saying that that's what they were doing um that i've seen reports where they were shooting the the actual ukrainian military people that aren't you know nazi sympathizers um so i mean these are some pretty nasty people um so i think that putin's going in there and i think that he's taking them out and i think it's so interesting if you actually looked at the initial invasion when they the places that they hit they were identical to where these labs were were considered so it's like it you know it, it adds up and at the end of the day that's what i've always said in my videos is no one's going to really know unless you're there like you have to be able to take these things and, and use critical thinking and say you know it adds up like these things are they it makes sense so i mean that's really all we can go off of so yeah, I agree. It's, it's, um, I don't think there's a coincidence between a bio lab outbreak, be it leak or something getting out in China. And then all of a sudden this, you know, all of these different ones in Ukraine, like there's clearly a, a, an issue there. I mean, and then when you, when you stop and think about far, big pharma, you know, they're, they're a defense contractor. You know, a lot of the money comes from our government to fund drugs to sell to people. Mm -hmm. And that's just a different branch of big pharma. So, yeah. you know, why wouldn't why wouldn't big pharma be a military industrial complex, especially when you look at it and say, well, there's so many baby boomers retiring. The biggest price tag for large parts of our world are going to be the elderly care in a little bit. So, mm -hmm. you know, why wouldn't they be funding drugs? Why wouldn't they be looking at ways to change healthcare? They've been trying to change healthcare in the United States since before Obama, nothing's worked. And if, if you combine all this together and you say to yourself that big tech has been the model or the instrument for expansion since the two thousands, 
then yeah. it's not a it's not a very far cry to say, well, look, let's apply the big tech model to healthcare. And the big tech model has always been move fast and break stuff. That yep. means let's get out there, let's try it. If it doesn't work, we'll fix it along the way. Yep. And there's plenty of evidence to support the experimentation of of different types of eugenics or different types of RNA or DNA and all of a sudden as these labs were finding, you know, what, what are they doing at these labs? What are these labs for? You see the, you see the pop-up of 23andMe, Ancestry.com. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's interesting on a, on a similar but side note, I spoke with a gentleman yesterday who was talking about heart transplants. And one of the things that happens when people get heart transplants is that they take on certain personality characteristics of the donor. Uh -huh, and okay. he's, yeah, it's fascinating to think about. And it's yeah. not just one or two people. It's not a case study of that. There's hundreds of thousands of them, you know, they, and, and most of the time the doctors who hear this from their particular donor or the, the recipient just write it off as, ah, you know, the guy probably feels guilty or something like that. However, the documentation in the book, The Embodied Mind, I think goes a far, goes a long way to disprove that, that it's a falsity. And what's what really got me thinking is that in the paper the other day, I saw an article where doctors are transplanting pig hearts into people. So if we can say that the recipient of a heart takes on characteristics of the donor, <laughs> what does it mean when an individual takes a pig heart? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, it just brings I, it back full circle to medical experimentation. And that's it, something that's been going on since the Nazis. Yeah. What do you think yeah, I mean, that's, it's crazy to think that, you know, we can even do that now. Um, I just, the things that I feel like we're getting into or, or beyond, um, it's just getting into like, I don't know what the word is to use. It's just, it's not, it doesn't seem right. You know, it just, it doesn't, it's like, we're going too far, you know, and it, it's always interesting because I feel like, again, if I go back to the Bible, it's like, I believe that the United States is, is Babylon or new Babylon or whatever you want to call it. Um, and you can see that we're declining as a country. You can see that, that we're not as strong as we used to be. And it's like, we're, we're kind of like, you can kind of project us on a, on a graph, like where, where we're going. And so I just think when we get into all this type of stuff, it's like that we're, we're eventually going to be judged for a lot of this stuff. Cause it's like, we're, we're back in the days of, you know, uh, uh, what's it called? I can't even remember the name of the the old. Uh, it's, it's right on the tip of my tongue, but essentially we're like the days of Noah, like and Sodom and Gomorrah, about to be destroyed. Yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah, exactly. Um, it's also interesting. <laughs> this is kind of a little off topic, but um, you know, initially when this happened, this whole Russia Ukraine thing, as soon as I saw Russia that was involved in all this, and my my kind of like my mind kind of like like I kind of spruced up a little bit because I was like, you know, a lot of people think that the uh, the final battle, you know, is going to be you know, the, the Bible talks about Gog and Magog. Um, and it's basically talking about a strong nation in the north. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know what other nation that could be. Russia is like the north, like it takes up almost the entire you know uh, the continent there. But it's like, it, they come against Israel, and and I think it's Ezekiel that um, prophesied that basically a strong nation from the north would come against Israel, and they would be defeated and all that stuff. So I just think that it's, it's super interesting that Russia's kind of taken on this, taking on the whole, not just the U.S., NATO. I mean, they're essentially taking on all of NATO. 
Um, and then of course you got China too, which is also in the North, um, not as North, but still, still a very powerful nation in the North. So, and they're, you know, allies now. So, so it's just, it's like, we're, we're in very interesting times. And I think that, um, things are just going to get even more interesting as, as time goes on. So. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I have this incredible optimism at times. Like I, I feel as if there's something greater than all of us. And sometimes when I close my eyes and I think about something greater than me, I, I feel like there's just big, this big giant joke getting ready to happen to all these knuckleheads who have been trying to just wreak havoc on people. You know, when I yeah. think about something stronger than me, I, I hear this voice of like, Oh, you dummies think I'm going to let you kill all these people and not yeah, get in yeah. trouble. Is that what you think? Just watch. Yeah, you know? I think that's exactly what's going to happen. It, it's, it's so cool. Cause like the Bible talks about like how, um, the, you know, the, the strong, basically the, the strongest men, the, the, the merchants of the world, like they're going to hide in the, in the rocks of, of the caves and everything, but the, the caves are going to be brought down on top of them. And like, people think they're going to go to their, like their bug out shelter underneath the ground and the whole ground's just going to liquefy and just, you know, take them all out. Like it, nobody's going to run from, from what's going to come, whether, whatever you believe in at the end of the day, like good always prevails over evil. And, um, these people, they might have their, their season, but in the end, you know, they're, they're all going to, they're going to, they're going to be judged for what they do. Um, so, I mean, it's common. I, and that, that's what I think gets me excited. It's like, I always get so, sometimes I get really frustrated, but I see a lot of this stuff happening and it's just like where we're going as a country. And it's like, you know, my wife, she's always like, you know, like there's nothing we can really do about it. You know, like you shouldn't get that upset about it. Like God's going to judge these people. And, um, you know, like what, what he's going to do to them is nothing could what you could do to them. So it's like, I just kind of like, yeah, you're right. Like, I just kind of sit back and like, I can't wait. I kind of hope that I can be like a fly on the wall and see it. Like that's the, the probably not so good side of me that like kind of wants to see it happen. But at the same time, I know with, you know, that their time's coming. So. Yeah. I, I have this idea, like I've been doing a lot of writing and there's something for me, there's something spiritual about writing. I feel like when I write, I'm contacting maybe my higher self or I'm able to convey my thoughts or, for me, it's, there's just something beautiful and spiritual about it. And I come up yeah. with different ideas when I write. And lately, I've been coming up with this idea that, you know, much like a silkworm spins its web and gets caught in it before it emerges into a new form, so do we as a human species spin mm -hmm. our own web and get caught in it. And if you look at what's been going on, like I think it's a pretty good metaphor. The last 200 years of industrialization have been us building this chrysalis, this cocoon around us, mm -hmm. these giant walls of opaque, you know, of just this opaque coffin and we've been in this coffin in this cocoon for 200 years just consuming 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 mm -hmm. and these changes have been taking place inside of us that we haven't been able to see because we have all these walls up mm -hmm. and now at the turn of the century maybe it was the mayan calendar maybe it's the the migration of the magnetic north pole or maybe it's the 12th planet that sitchin talks about or something I believe what we're seeing is like a breaking down of a corrupted chrysalis. And I think that we as a species are emerging as a new form. And mm -hmm. the, you know, if you think about a, a butterfly that's breaking out of a cocoon, the parts it breaks out of first are the most corrupted, the weakest, the most brittle. And mm -hmm. that's education, it's government, it's money, 
It's, it's ego. And all these things are crashing down. And this new form is emerging. There's these, there's an aliveness that I see in, in the youth of today. Like, you know, I see people on TV talking about, you know, I'm so sad for the Ukrainians and I'm so sad for the Russians. I'm so sad for the people. And I, I'm also sad for my country. And there's just no way that I would ever go and, and kill some people because of what our politicians are doing. And it's just, it's, I think that there is so much money put onto, you know, pick your television station to put out a message that's untrue. But people are beginning to be like, yeah, I don't believe that. And I think yeah. that's the new form of humanity emerging. It's this new idea that, look, I can, I don't need to go to work. I can do it online. You know, why am I paying so much money in taxes and all my taxes go to buy weapons to kill people in other countries? Yeah. You know, and I, I, I think that that is something that's happening now. Now, it's also a little bit critical because anybody who's ever been at a birth before knows there's a real chance that that child could not be born. That form yeah. could not emerge because it's not strong enough to break through. And I, right. I feel that that's kind of where we are on this cusp. But I'm, I'm confident and I believe in and I'm excited about emerging as a new form that people haven't seen before. Yep. Wait, is that is that crazy? What do you think about that? No, I don't think that's crazy at all. I, th I think that, you know, what? If you look at the the rise and fall of civilizations, that every civilization rises and then every civilization falls, and it doesn't matter how powerful they were. You know, Rome was considered one of the greatest you know empires ever, and it, it fell from the inside. So, I mean, I think that that's just because like we talk about like the U.S. falling, I, just because the U.S. falls doesn't mean that we're we're all gonna die. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like we we might not be a, a first world country anymore, but I mean that's okay. We don't have to be. Like, we you can still find you know, uh, happiness and joy in, in, in life, just, you know, by not being the top dog or whatever anymore. So I think that although we might be not the, the power that we are today, I still think that a lot of people are going to get out of this, you know, just fine. And, you know, we're going to be okay. <laughs> Everything's going to be all right. So I think that's the biggest thing to take out of this is, you know, even if, if you think that it's the end of the world, it's not really the end of the world. It's just, you know, the start of something new. So We'll see. I, I, I think that, you know, it's exciting. I, I'm excited for, for everything. I, I think that the way that, that life is right now, um, it's not really maintainable. I, I look at like how my life is just for, for instance, my life, like uh, I could not imagine doing what I'm doing for the rest of my life. I, I'll be miserable. I'll be honest with you. I'll be miserable. And it's like, I can see that things are changing. And I think that a, a part of that is myself. I think I'm trying to take more responsibility for what I can control. Um, and I think that that that's made me feel a lot better. Um, and then also just, I think that things are changing and I think that I welcome the change that that's how I feel. So, yeah, I could, that's such a beautiful way to put it. Sometimes I think to myself, like, maybe this is what freedom looks like, you yeah. know, maybe all the rhetoric, all the money, all the weapons is because people are desperately trying to keep the regime, to try to keep the rent collectors, to try to keep the people in positions of authority in positions of authority. Yep. You know, like how many people are behind on their mortgage? How many people are not paying taxes? How many people yep. are actually going to work? You know, we talk about the great reset, but there's also this great resignation. We yep. saw people around the world tell the airlines, oh, you want me to get jabbed? Sorry, I guess yep. I just don't work then. Yeah. You know, and and that, to people who have been born into positions of authority, they don't understand what's happening. They're like, well, look, we, we went to the Ivy League schools. My dad is important. You're supposed to listen to me. You know, 
<laughs> yeah, it is. That's exactly what it is. And that's what, I, like, I've had a couple of friends. It's like, they're so worried that, like, their life is about to change and that, like, everything's like, like, I like my life. And, like, I, I love, uh, you know, having this and that. And it's like, I mean, that's awesome for you. But there's a lot of people that, like, they don't have your life and they don't have the, all the things like, that you could really have, you know, at your fingertips. And I think that um, if this is the way that the world is where we, you know, we believe that, like, the U.S. is so great and we just we spread democracy everywhere and we just it's like that's not the reality. Like, I think a lot of people need to take a step back and like a lot of the stuff you were taught growing up is it's bullshit. It's you know, it, it's really it's not real. <laughs> And it's, it's a make believe it's to make you think that like, this is a great, you know, you work real hard, you go to school, you get your degree, you get a great job. And like, then you just live happily, happily ever after. That's not the reality. That's very few people do that. And I think that if that's, if this is the way it is, then I hope it does come down. I hope that the whole cabal and all the, this evil politicians and all of it, I, I hope it all does come down. And if that comes at, at the cost of, you know, some bad things happening, then that's what has to happen. Like, like you said, it's like a, it's like the cocoon. Like you, you have to go through this metamorphosis in order to get to, to something better. You have to go through some stuff. Nobody gets anything in life by just getting it. And they, they have to go through hard times and struggle to get this, anything that's worth having, you have to fight for. So we're gonna have to fight for it. Oh yeah. That's a beautiful quote. It's so true. If you think about your wife or your kid or your friends or your parents, or, you know, just getting to finally being able to love yourself you know they're all really hard things to do and <laughs> you know i i see that i see that line in the sand and i it's it's interesting to think like if we, if we think about history not really repeating but rhyming i was reading some old world war ii literature and it doesn't matter if it's I, i've also seen these same stories in the majority of other wars and it's a little dark but at the same time it's it's heartwarming. You know, it's like a, it's like a, a candle lit room with a good book in the dark. It's people be, it's crazy to think about, but people who are in the most difficult, craziest world situations sometimes when they come out of it, they usually have fond memories of it. It's like, you know, we didn't have anything, but we had each other. Yep. We didn't have a lot of food, but that's when my neighbor came over and he started showing me these pictures of how we can build a farm. This is the first time I talked to my neighbor or this is when I met my wife when we were both, you know, when we were kids and we didn't have anything and we had to learn how to live in accordance with the law of the land. And, you know, sometimes maybe it, if the world does have a sense of humor, maybe the great reset is not resetting the world for the top people to continue to win. Maybe a great, a great reset is resetting all of us to live a life worth living that's given to each one of us. You know, maybe yeah. that's what the great reset is. The great reset is, and yeah. you know, I, I, I do think that in times of darkness like this. There are opportunities because what's with if you look at the end of supply chains, if you look at even the problem with food, uh, you know that means there's going to have to be new supply chains. It's going to mean that they're going to have to be new technologies, and that's going to open the door for our children to become leaders. It's going to open the door for them to become new captains or of industry or have new ideas of of getting things out there. So those are some opportunities headed our way. I. I yeah. believe that. What, what's your take on these supply chains? Do you think that this is this is something that is happening 
with groups fighting over the control of supply chains for the future? Or do you think that this is maybe something that is just an internal struggle between countries? I think it's a, a little bit of everything. However, I think that the power, you know, the, the strong, you know, whatever you want to call them, the elites, I think they also know that if you control the food and you control the, the resources that you can control the people. So like we kind of, I, I, I truly believe that COVID was a test run. I think that was them trying to see how people would react and who would go along, who wouldn't. Um, and I think that they realized that at the end of the day, although a lot of people went along with it, there was also a lot of people that didn't and maybe more people than they were expecting. I think that even came from people's mouths like Bill Gates, who said that like he was he was surprised at how many people were you know, against it compared to like people that you know went along with it. So I think they know that if they can control like the food and the water, um, they kind of have you by the balls, by, you know, to, to, to put it, to put it blunt, bluntly. Um, so I think that that, you know, I think that's part of it. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's tough. Cause it's like, I, I feel like sometimes that's what I, or I would tell people, like, you really need to make sure you're putting stuff away for, for your family, because you don't know, like you, you don't know one day you could go to the grocery store and, and food might not be there. And it's when people get desperate, that's when they do stupid things. So the idea is to make sure that your family doesn't become desperate. I'm not saying that like, I, I, for me, like, it's not like I have so much food that I'm just like, I'm ready for like the rest of the world. Like I'm good. I don't need to ever go to the grocery store again, but it's to get you out of a bad situation and to not be, you know, desperate when things are at the peak of their, of their chaos. Um, when first everything first happens, it's going to be, you know, everyone's going to be panic buying and they're going to be, you know, fighting each other for the last roll of toilet paper and it's going to be nuts. So if you can avoid that, then you should do that. Yeah. It's, you know, it, one thing I really have found fascinating about living in Hawaii is that it's like this microcosm of the macro and you mm -hmm. really get it. It's, it's a big city, but everybody knows everybody or you, at least somebody knows somebody who knows somebody. And so you really get an opportunity to see what's happening in the community. And for me, I've used that as a model to see what's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And it seems pretty awesome to me, and it seems like it's worked out. One thing that I've recently noticed is that in the state of Hawaii, when COVID came, you know, they, much like the rest of the nation, they shut stuff down, and there was all these regulations. But a byproduct of that was an absolute purge in people being indicted. There was this purge of corruption, and it, it was analogous to, you know, uh, let's say that you had a, a some leaky pipes, and so you put some dye in some water, and you flooded the pipes, and then you shut the pipes off, and then you started looking at the pipes, looking for the blue dye to come out of the pipes, right? That's how mm -hmm. you find the leaks. Right. I think that that's kind of what, at least in Hawaii, what happened with COVID is that they just flushed money down the system, and then they shut everything off. And mm -hmm. they started looking to see, oh, these guys are hurting. Oh, these guys are hurting. And there has been an, like a flood of indictments. And everybody knows the prisoner's dilemma. You know, you, this guy gets busted. He snitches on that guy. And that guy yep. snitches on that guy. And, yeah. and so there's been this incredible flood of indictments and, and embezzlements. And it's kind of rocked our state a little bit. And as I thought about that, I go, That's, it's a pretty ingenious move to mm -hmm. do that. But it begs the question, why would you do that? And mm -hmm. the reason I came up with is, I see that you would do that so that you can consolidate. 
Okay, mm-hmm. these are the weak hands. Let's shake these guys out. These guys yeah. are not. These guys are either corrupt or they're corrupt, but they're not playing by the rules that we want them to play with. Yeah. These guys are weak here. You can find all of it, and it's it's almost synonymous with what we would do if we were putting sanctions on a third world country. We would flush mm-hmm. them. We'd look for the leaks and we'd fix them, or we'd exterminate them. We put in new pipes. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's weird that that same terminology can be used for supply chains. Mm-hmm. You know, over here we talk a lot about. There's been so much rhetoric about. Oh, we're all gonna. There's not enough water. Guess mm-hmm. what, everybody? We're in a drought. Oh, yeah. guess what? There's a there's some navy tanks that were spilling gas into the ground. Mm-hmm. But if if you listen to the whispers on the wind, you can hear people saying things like desalination plant, desalination mm-hmm. plant, and which contract are we gonna get? And you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of imagination to start thinking to yourself, oh, I see. So we, f- we look for corruption, we weed it out, we consolidate, then we pick the contracts that we want. Okay, mm-hmm. now, we're, now, we're gonna, now we're going to be able to charge them for the water they were getting for free, mm-hmm. right? We're going to bring in this desal plant, we're, gonna, we're going to charge them for the water that comes out of their faucet and the water that goes down the faucet. We're going to clean yeah. it, send it right back to them and charge them twice. Yeah. You know, it's... It's and then you start, you know, when I start thinking about the idea that everybody should eat reclaimed meat, like, well, what is what is what is meat? Meat is protein. Where yeah. does protein come from? Well, not animals anymore. Mm-hmm. And then it begs the question, okay, well, if we're gonna just use reclaimed water, what else are we gonna use? Yeah. We're gonna use reclaimed waste. We're gonna take the protein out of the waste, and that's gonna be fed right back to the people. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> I know it sounds so crazy, but yeah. if you do some reading and you look at closed systems and you look at the city in which you live and you look at the 20-year plan and you match that up with agenda 20 agenda 30 and technocracy and like it seems to me like it's pretty congruent like you know it's it's fascinating and horrific to think about but it seems plausible is that what do you think about that yeah i i honestly i think that it's so hard for people to wrap their minds around it because i think that we've been brainwashed to think that our country or our state or whatever our you know our community is has our best interests in mind and i think when we've kind of sold out um a lot of this country a lot of everything our politicians you know the whole the whole nine yards i think that you know you have them being groomed by these elites that have openly said that we need to lessen the population and we need to to bring you know, the, the numbers down and, you know, you've got Bill Gates saying that like, you know, if they do things correctly, that they'll take, you know, they'll be able to reduce the population by X percent. And it's like, wait, what did you just say? Like, you just said, like, you're going to kill people. Like what? And like, they're being like clapped. Like people are so like, just so gone that they're just like clapping their own demise. And it's like, you know, I was reading the other day that um, per week, the average American consumes like five grams of microplastics. Like, so if you drink a lot from a bottled water with right here, like that's, I'm probably have tons of microplastics in my stomach, but um, that, you know, you're, you're consuming a lot of plastic and stuff. And it's like, what are the long-term implications of that? We see that in, in animals, right? We see that where we pull them up and we, you know, cut them open and they're full of plastics and they're just full of junk that they've eaten and consumed in the, you know, in the ocean. And it's like, you know, that's happening to us too. Like, we're, you know, I don't eat a lot of meat. I eat a lot of fish, but I'm like, maybe that's not even safe because of these fish are eating this stuff. And then we're eating the fish. And it's like, 
I don't know, man. I don't like, it's like, I want to go to like, and just eat from like, um, you know, the local farm, but it's like, it's just all of it's so expensive. And it's like, I don't, I don't know what the answer is for that. Like, I feel like what's going to happen is going to, is what's going to happen. And you just have to deal with it. You know, like there's nothing you can really, there's so many things that are out of our control. That we just can't, we can't, I don't know. There's nothing much we can really do about that, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating to think about and it's, it's fun to think about. And I yeah. think that, you know, it doesn't have to be, when I talk about it, like I enjoy it. I enjoy thinking about that, whether mm -hmm. it's true or not true. It helps me think of what I want to do with my life. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I think that having the ability to run wild with your imagination mm -hmm. is having the ability to live a life that is fulfilling and, and worth living. And, you know, the fact that we don't have transparency the fact that we don't have people that even tell us the truth on either side it puts us in a situation where we have to think for ourselves and you know there should be no there should there's no such thing as a dumb question so mm -hmm. people should be questioning everything yeah yeah that was interesting that you know like the whole like when they were saying that you know you can't question science it's like wait what <laughs> like exactly what science is you make questions you form a hypothesis and then you test it like <laughs> what are you talking about you can't ask questions like that's that, that's the epitome of science like is asking questions so it's like and that's what I, I you know i ask questions all the time and it's like i think people take me the wrong way especially like on facebook like you know like it's like i don't know like it's if the news or the television the tell a vision doesn't you know tell you what to do or what to think you you can't think for yourself it's like you know when when this first started this whole russia ukraine thing i actually i'm real big on i like to make predictions so that i can go back to them and say like oh i was right about this like you know and this is all it is is just me thinking like like okay like i'm gonna rationally think about this i'm gonna critically think about this and i'm gonna try and, and come up with what i think is gonna happen and i said that i think that russia if they're smart knowing that they have a lot of coal and oil and natural gas, they're going to cut off their enemies. And that's kind of what they're doing right now. They said that basically, as far as the food goes, they're not even going to sell to unfriendly countries. So like that, that's already off the board. And now they're saying, if you want their resources, you're going to have to pay in rubles. So essentially that's cutting us off. And I said that once that happens, like you, we're going to have any choice, but to go to war. So, so some, some of that is, is already going, it's, it's already happening. You've got them saying that they're going to, essentially cut you off if you don't pay the way that they want you to. So it's just, I, I'm like, so excited. Like I get up every morning to like check like my different sources to see what's going on. And that's like, it's just something that like I enjoy and like, it's what I look forward to throughout the day. So, you know, it's just the little things that, that you know, help you get through the day. Yeah. It's interesting to think about. I, there, you know, we are like, we are like Russia in a way only we're exactly the same, only different. Like you can't. I guess you can kind of see the map behind me. But there's mm -hmm. a theory. There's a theory called uh, the World's Island. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the United States, it's like the secondary World's Island because we're surrounded by ocean. The World's yeah. Island would be Europe, China, Russia, and because if that was the if that landmass was all connected, it would rule the world because it yeah. would be the World's Island. Right. And that's why that's the theory that. Everybody goes to the Middle East and dies because they're trying to go there to hook up the world's island, but they can't. Yeah. And so, you know, in my in my fantasy, I like to think that if things do go bad, 
Like we have so much in our country. Like we don't really need resources from other countries. The only reason we're in other countries is because our politicians and you know they've made they've been promising things to other leaders and the military industrial complex needs to sell weapons and I'm sure that the the military industrial complex has a huge part of our economy and if that were to go down I'm sure mm -hmm. a huge swath of the US would be financially disabled but it it wouldn't be as bad as our food industry going down and right. you know I, yep. I I like to think that we, we could survive without being so you know designed for globalness it's it's mm -hmm. it's interesting to think about do I you mean, think look, that yeah, look at Switzerland you know like mm -hmm. you know they're very neutral it's, it's it's Switzerland right it's I think it's Switzerland yeah I think yeah I mean they're very neutral like they have they like they're just kind of like well, not, not not in this <laughs> like <laughs> like, you know, like what what's your take on it Switzerland they're just like I don't know I'm not gonna say anything like just, just keep your money here just bring yeah, your money exactly. over here <laughs> exactly so it's like I don't know I I think that um you know that was a big thing that people said that like we would never be defeated because like look at our military we're everywhere we have bases everywhere and i'm thinking to myself like that's not always a, a, a you know a, it's not always an advantage like you're spread out you don't have all your forces like consolidated you know so i don't know that that can sometimes be an advantage and sometimes that can be a disadvantage so i think that's the same thing with rome i mean they were they pretty much had spread out all over the place and that you know that didn't work out too well for them so um, I don't know. I, I think that, um, I don't know. It's just very, it's just interesting times that we're in. And I don't know. It's, it's very, I'm very positive about all of it. Like, I think sometimes like I talk about this stuff and people are like, how can you be positive about all this negativity? I'm just like, well, I mean, like it's, it's not all negative. Like there's a lot yeah. of positive things that are going to come out of this. So. Yeah. What, what kind of event, do you think it would take to get us to send troops over there? Huh. I think that if any false flag, I, and again, like I think this is what's going to happen is they're going to, they're going to, there's going to be some type of false flag that gets us pulled in. Cause I mean, that's pretty much what happened with everything else that we've been involved in. Um, I think if there was an attack on our soil or somebody, uh, a base, you know, even over in Europe was attacked or something like that, I could see us getting involved. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen, but I mean, it just seems with everything happening that that's kind of the, that's where we're going. Yeah. I, I, it seems like they've become more and more difficult to make those happen. You know, I think after nine 11, a lot of people woke up and, you know, with, with people like Snowden and, you know, Julian Assange, Kim.com, all these people are, I mean, there are people out there who can see, and I think that it doesn't mean that they can't try to pull off another Gulf of Tonkin or something like that. Mm -hmm. But what I wonder what the Rama wouldn't it be interesting if some sort of three letter agency or conglomerate of three letter agencies tried to make something happen and were discovered in the act of it? You know, like, I wonder what the retribution for that would be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like I, I would hope that the Americans, like, would kind of uh, just say enough is enough and, like, kind of all band together. And that's my, like, that's my, my like, my, what I would love to see is, like, all of us coming together and just realizing that we don't need big government. We can just, we can do it ourselves. We, we don't need them. Um, 
because I think that like asking government to, to cure government is like asking cancer to cure cancer. Like it's not going to happen. Like it just doesn't work that way. So like, it's like, this is why I won't, I won't ever vote again because I'm not going to participate in this system anymore of like, of just craziness where it's like, we think that like, Oh, the Democrats are in and they're going to make it better. And then up oh, next president's a Republican and then he's going to make it better. And then back and forth. And it's just like, and nothing ever changes. It's always the same. It's always more of the same. So um, I just don't think that the government's going to be the answer to any of our problems. Um, so that's my goal is like, I hope that we can like eventually come t together and just say like, we're done. Like you're all, you're all fired. Like you're not, you're not going to end. Like, obviously there's going to have to be some type of forced, you know, like where they're, they're forced out of their positions because they're, you can't just be like, Hey, you're fired. And then like not happening, nothing happens. Like, we're going to have to get like, hopefully our military can band together and or the police and everything. And we can just be like, you know, peacefully you're out, like you're done. Like you can just you can leave now. So don't let the door hit you on the way out. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I, um, sometimes I wonder what a better idea of government would be. I mean, some people say that if we just use the tools we have in the constitution, that it, it would in fact, regress to the to the world that we had and then other people say like you know it's th there can be no government without corruption and mm -hmm. I, I often wonder if there's some sort of new form emerging like do you think that there's something like if, if you and i were going to set up the united states of george and mike mm -hmm. what like what are some new ideas that we could implement that would help the world be better i know it's kind of a crazy question but you got anything yeah, I mean, I, I think for first off, I don't think that politicians should be making all this money. I think that um, they should have, you know, the nine to fives. They shouldn't be, you know, working a couple hours a week and then, you know, oh, I woke up and I have to sign a bill that I didn't, you know, I didn't even read. I'm just going to go ahead and put my John Hancock right there and call it up. I'm done for the week. Time to leave. Like, so I think that they need to be more, it needs to be more structured. I think that there should be no more like there should be term limits. I think that four years, is, you know, is, is enough. Like you do your four, you served your country. Maybe you can't join the military. Maybe you can serve your country by being a politician and, and trying to make your state or your, you know, your country better. Um, and, and not being a 48, you know, like Joe Biden or whatever he's been in, like, you know, where he's been a career politician. Um, it's just way too long. You have way too much ability to, to, to do like uh, things that we're seeing now with like Hunter Biden and like, you know, all these back you know, back deals with other countries. And it's like, that wouldn't happen if you were only in for a couple of years, you wouldn't have the, the means to be able to set that type of stuff up. Um, so I think that shorter term limits would be a, a big, you know, would help. I don't think there's ever anything that's ever going to like make everything perfect, but because at the end of the day, men, men are flawed and we all have our, you know, our problems and, and things like that we bring into our jobs and our, our families and all this other stuff. So, but I think that it can be a lot better and I think that we can, we can improve a lot. So. What do you think about like, you know, some people float this idea of the, the end of the nation states and more of like the beginning of city states where, you know, I guess on, if, on a, in a dark way to describe it, it would be like the Hunger Games. So maybe if it wasn't a dark one, it would be different hubs that created different things and people could move between them. Like, yeah. is, is there any, is there any light at the end of that tunnel? 
I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I, I've always said that I thought like that maybe like instead of the United States, we should like balkanize into certain like, you know, like you have like your like your maybe like Florida and Georgia and like, all, you know, certain states like kind of doing what you said. Um, I think that would be better instead of trying to force 50 different states all to conform to one, um, you know, one ideology or anything that you should give people more of the ability to, to do what they want. And if they have more of diversity where maybe they could go to, you know, this section of the United States because they feel this the same way they're, you know, more conservative and they, they want to, they want to focus on school and stuff like that. And that's their thing. Or maybe there's another area and they want to focus on farming and that's kind of their thing. And it's like, I feel like maybe that would, would make, you know, our situation a little bit better, but I don't know, just kind of throwing ideas out there. Yeah. It's, I mean, it seems like we have the infrastructure for that now, I guess maybe yeah. the, it is the federal government that forces the rules upon these states, right? Like the, they pay some people, Hey, you don't farm that or, or you can't do that here or no child left behind. You have these policies that kind of force blanket the states. I, yeah. It's interesting because like you, you see like Texas and how they, you know, they did their whole um, the abortion ban and everything. And it was like, you know, Texas did their thing that was for Texas. And then all of a sudden it was like all these other states were like calling them out. Like, we can't allow this to happen. And it's like, wait, you're California. Why don't you focus on California? Like, like you shouldn't be, you know, it doesn't really matter what you think. You're not in Texas. So, it, so I, I just think that, you know, that's what you have is these other states trying to, you know, infiltrate other states. It's like you have an issue with DeSantis and what he's doing in Florida, but he's the governor of Florida. So he's going to do what he wants to do with Florida. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing is like what you have to learn is that fix your own home before you want to go out and judge other people's homes. So like you have so much that we can be focusing on for ourselves and our families and stuff and and you know, like fix your own house before you can go out and somebody fix that in somebody else's house. Um, and that's something that you know I've been kind of focusing on myself is just like not being so judgmental of other people and just trying to like, kind of fix my own life and my own problems and before I can go and judge any, you know, judge anybody else. Yeah, that's a great, that's, that's hard to do. And I think, I know I suffer from that. And you know, when you, when you look at it from that angle, like it's, it's pretty profound. Like if, if we just saw each state, like we see our neighbor, you know, I, I believe that you can, I believe that the things you see in other people, be it good or bad are things that you don't like or you like about yourself. I'll give you an mm -hmm. example. There was a guy at my work that, you know, a few years back, I just didn't like him. He was a really, really nice person. And I was always mean to him. And it took me like, I don't know. I think it took me like 12 grams of mushrooms to figure it out. But eventually I got to the idea of like, you know what it is? That guy's weak. And that's why I don't like him. Mm -hmm. But in the reality, I'm weak. And I didn't like that he made me see weakness because then it made me feel how weak I am. And yeah. I remember just sitting down for a minute and almost started crying like, yeah. oh my God, I was so mean to this person because I hate this thing about myself. But right. I'm also grateful to him because I, it took that to learn that. Yeah. And I think that's true of, I think that's true in life. And I think you can learn from that. So if that's true in relationships with each other, might that also be true for states that look at other states and say, hey, I don't like you doing that because it reminds me of my house, and, yep. you know, and if we could just 
come to grips with that idea that, hey, all these things we don't like about other people, other states or other countries is probably because we don't like something about ourselves. Maybe something yeah. happened to us. Maybe yeah. something happened to somebody we love. Maybe somebody yeah. died. And we're harboring these feelings against strangers because it's easy to yell at the stranger. It's easy to want to strangle the other, be it a, this person looks different, this acts different. They have this different idea. I don't like them. But it's really people don't like themselves, you know, and maybe what's happening right now in this world of chaos and war is that we're coming to this tipping point where we must be aware that it's not Russia. It's not Ukraine. It's not mm -hmm. Iran. It's, it's us. It's yeah. all of us. Like, Hey, get it together. What, yeah. what is it? What don't we like? Let's fix it. We don't, no one wants to work 80 hours a week. I'm on board with that. What are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we don't like the wealth being sucked out from every household with declining living standards and being funneled up to a handful of billionaires. Well, yeah. let's fix it. Like we can fix it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that that is a good place to start is just taking a good look in the. I think Michael Jackson said, if you want to make a change, you start with the man in the mirror. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, it's, it's profound. And it's, uh, you know, it makes sense. And that's yeah. what I think a lot of people do. We need we need to focus on ourselves and we need to look at our neighbor and, you know, like try to help, help each other out. Cause I think all of us are struggling in different ways. You know, some of us financially, some of us, you know, mentally, uh, physically, it's just like, we, we really need to start building each other up and helping each other and stop trying to look at somebody else and what they have and don't be jealous of them. But, you know, like there, there's something that they don't have, you know, but they're, they, they might, you might not see it on the surface, but, um, I just think that we all, like we have our, we, our inner demons and we just all need to, kind of come together and help each other because that's like nobody else is going to be there we have each other and that's it so yeah when i when i when i when i think about that and then i look at the world economic forum you know i see these people that have so much mm -hmm. and it's like they hate all these homeless useless eaters yeah. <laughs> but they hate them they hate them because that's them like yeah. they hate being reminded that they created that they yeah. hate being reminded that no matter what you do that's still part of you like yeah. we're all part of each other and yep. you know, th th their ideas, like, let's just kill them all. Let's get rid of yeah. them. Yeah. Like that doesn't change anything yep. like that. And it's not going to make it better. Like you can't mm -hmm. fix problems by ignoring them. you can't yeah. fix problems by pretending they don't exist. And like, if, if they want everybody in the middle class to, to give up more, like, shouldn't they set an example? Hey, I'll give you this. Maybe the world economic forum, maybe Peter Thiel, and Klaus Schwab, maybe these are the smartest, most brilliant people on the planet, and they deserve to be. Maybe their, their genetics are better. Maybe everything they think about themselves is true, and they're better. However, if that's true, they must realize that they set the example. And if you're going to be the leader, and you're going to set the example, how can you just – who's the real useless eater? Mm -hmm. Is it the guy on the bottom living under a bridge eating garbage? Or is it the guy with 15 yachts flying around the world making bunkers, yep. you know, like trying to do crazy science experiments on children? Like, yeah. which one is the useless eater? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I always said that, too. It's like, you know, these people that you want to judge and say that, like, they're they're homeless and they don't have anything, they're harder than you'll ever be. And, like, they they, they get up every day and they don't put, a you know, a, a, a bullet in their head or they don't – whatever they don't kill themselves they just keep on chugging and like i have tremendous respect for people like that because sometimes it's like i even feel guilty like i i feel like i have more than i ever needed and it's like sometimes i'm like like oh my life sucks and it's like 
my life doesn't suck. Like I have so much that I have to be thankful for. Uh, it's like, you know, these so many other people have it so much worse than us. And it's like, they get up every day and they just keep going. And it's like, those are the, the true, like, you know, they're like, they're the best of us. And, uh, it's just, it's crazy. Cause they, like you said, like they have all these yachts and they have all this money and it's like, they're, they're miserable. And you can tell they're miserable. Cause how, how, why would you want to hurt and kill innocent people for no reason, just because they, they don't have money? Like, that's crazy to me. Like that, that you hate your life and you're so, so miserable that that's what you want is to just cause death and destruction. It's just, it's sad, you know? Yeah. In the, in the name of saving the planet, we would like yeah. to kill a lot of people. Saving <laughs> It's so That's crazy. What, it's nuts. It is crazy. Well, Mike, I think we I think we've covered quite a bit, man. Is there yeah. anything else you want to leave the audience with? No, I think I think we did a pretty good job of covering everything. I do too, man. I I'm I'm stoked to talk to you, man. I miss talking yeah. to you and uh, I'm stoked to hear everybody's doing well and I really appreciate the uh unique insight, man. And I I, sure. I think that I got to learn a lot and I hope a lot of people other did too. Yeah, hopefully. All right. Well, that's it for today. And what can you tell people your uh, your channel? I'll put the the stuff down there. But where can people find you? If, if yeah, you want on, to just on YouTube. Uh, exactly how I have it on on here. Just hot mic with Mike. Um, and I think I've got like, I think the last time I looked, I have like sixteen subscribers. So just sometimes that helps to like narrow it down a little bit. But yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, hopefully, I'll be doing some more stuff here soon and get some more content out there. But. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to it, my friend, and uh, I'm sure we'll be back with another podcast yeah, for sure. coming up quick. So thanks yeah. for your time, my friend. I hope you have a great day and tell the family we love them. Yep. Have All a right. good one. Aloha. Later. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge. And I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now. And it's been so rewarding to me that... I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, Go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.